Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,457. Hey, it's 2020. Happy New Year. Ain't life grand. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and again, Happy New Year. Welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm really revved up and very excited to start the new year here on Cars Yeah with a very special returning guest, author A.J. Bame, who will be calling in today from Granite Bay, California. A.J. Bame is a New York Times bestselling author, an award-winning journalist, a public speaker, and occasional on-screen personality. His books include The Arsenal of Democracy, FDR, Detroit, and An Epic Quest to Arm an American Arm in America at War, and of course, Go Like Hell, the Ford Ferrari and their Battle for Speed and Glory at Le Mans. By the way, Go Like Hell is the second most, you're not quite there yet, AJ, but the second most recommended book here on Cars Yeah, only to be outdone by a squeaky small margin of uh, Gar Stein's book, The Art of Racing in the Rain, but everybody loves your book. Both books are critically acclaimed and in development for major motion pictures. AJ writes for a multitude of magazines, including Road and Track, and he is a regular contributor to Wall Street Journal. He has appeared on numerous TV stations and shows, including Jay Leno's Garage, and as a host and a race car driver in online documentary pieces. His newest book, which we're going to talk about today, is titled 100 Dream Cars, The Best of My Rides. It's kind of a picture book and a collection of his Wall Street Journal columns, and is published by Rizzly. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our very valued sponsors here at Cars Yeah. Winter's here, and things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finishes of your vehicles, both inside and out. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft car covers on my rides since 1975. Today, Covercraft offers you a total solution to vehicle protection. They make the best-fitting, finest-made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior, too. Live where it's sunny all the time? Lucky! Covercraft dash covers and sunscreens are the best. Got pets? Messy kids? Messy in-laws? Or just messy friends? Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and the perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new. And don't forget their custom-fit floor mats and trunk liners. They are a must-have for all your vehicles. Your cars, trucks, van, or whatever you drive will say thank you. And I've got a deal for you. During January 2020, you can get 10% off plus free shipping on all Covercraft products. That's right. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120. That's Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. That's Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Edelbrock has been the name in automotive performance since 1938. Edelbrock designs and builds thousands of of the finest automotive performance products right here in the USA for both street and track. From their AVS2 carburetors to V6 superchargers, if it's more power you crave, Edelbrock delivers. Let's talk superchargers. Whether it's an application-specific system or a universal fit, their precision-made assemblies come in multiple stages for a wide variety of makes and models. Their V6 superchargers are dyno-tested and ensure the perfect fit and maximum horsepower torque 
plus added boost. You'll get huge power gains. I mean huge power gains. Quality construction you can trust and backed by decades of knowledge, Edelbrock is a brand that provides you with proven performance. And I've got a deal for you. This January 2020, you can get 10% off, 10% off, if you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Just go to edelbrock.com and use CARSYEAH, all one word, at checkout and get 10% off. Tell them Mark at CARSYEAH sent you. That's edelbrock.com, checkout code CARSYEAH for your 10% off. Hello, AJ, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know it, Mark. It's a pleasure to be back with you. Well, this is a lot of fun. I'd love for you to say hello to the Cars Yeah audience. Tell them a little bit about yourself. And I also want you to share maybe a little something that most people don't know about you. Sure. Well, you know, I'll bet you I share something in common with a lot of listeners. And that is that I just, I grew up a kid in the seventies and it was an amazing time to be a car fan. And we had toy cars, you know, my kids grew up with Thomas the train and Tonka trucks and all this stuff. But for us, it was really matchbox cars and hot wheels. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's how it started for me because my parents had this floor that was, it was a brick floor with caulking that made to me, you know, caulking in between the bricks. And to me, yeah. it was like a roadmap. So you could play with your cars and drive them around <laughs> these make believe towns. So that's yeah. how it started for me. And then I got into the automotive journalism world. And it's just been, it's such an amazing world to be a part of because you get to do so much cool stuff, but also because the people that you meet are so much fun. Yeah, they really are. And you know, that other question I asked you, this is kind of a new question starting the new year with my guests. I'm going to start asking everybody this. What's one thing that most people don't know about AJ Bame? Well, I can tell you, okay, how about this? I bought my first car when I was a kid for 200 bucks. It was a Toyota and it ran for about a year. But besides that, I'm 48 and I've only owned one brand of car my entire life. One brand. What? And there's a new one. There's a new one sitting right in my garage about 20 feet from where I stand right now. Can you guess what brand of car that is? I'm going to let you tell us. Well, I'll give you a hint. Let me give you a hint. Okay. I'm a skier, and I spend a lot of time in the snow. Um, hmm, a skier. So it's four-wheel drive, I'm suspecting. Yes, Subaru. I can't imagine. A Subaru. A Subaru. Okay, well, you know, I, I, my, I wanted to go to Range Rover or something, but my brain almost said Subaru because my son just bought his first, well, he had a car when he was in high school, but then in college, he was on the East Coast. He didn't need it. And then he moved to San Francisco. So he's not needed a car for a long time. So we sold his car to a good friend of mine, Eddie. But he just bought his first car and he bought a Subaru. And it's it's been a great car so far. It's such a great car and it's so affordable and it'll run forever. So my, I brought my son home from the hospital when he was born in February 2003 in a new Subaru. And I just nice. he just got his learner's permit and I gave him that car. So <laughs> the car he rode. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty yeah, darn so that's cool. His, that's his holiday gift right there. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a great story. Well, there you go. Now, listeners, you know something new about A.J. Bame. Something I didn't know either. Well, listen, as we continue on your journey here, we are going to talk about your book. But first, I want you to share a success quote or a mantra. Now, this is New Year's Day. So New Year's is known for setting new rules in life and, you know, resolutions and so forth. So maybe this can kind of tie into that. I don't know. But is there some kind of a saying or a thought or a mantra that's instrumental in forming your life and your success? There has, you know, when I was a kid, I was a baseball player. And I remember when I was in eighth grade, I tried out for the freshman team. And that's a, the ninth grade team, you know, and only four eighth graders made the team, made this baseball team. And I made it. My dad was a baseball coach. And I remember coming home and I said to him, dad, ain't life grand. And so in our family, 
achievement and hard work has always been a really important part of what my parents brought up me up with and what I try to exemplify for my kids. And when uh-huh. something good happens, something, you know, good happens that you earn through your hard work in our family, we say, ain't life grand. So there you go. Ain't life grand. I love that. You know, this is a great way to start the new year. And I want everybody listening to think about AJ's quote, every day in 2020, ain't life grand. No matter what happens to you, you know what? Life is pretty darn grand. We're pretty darn lucky that we're even born. If you think about the odds of even being a human being, much less being born who you are, those are pretty tremendous odds, the fact that we're actually here. So ain't life grand indeed. Well, I would like to start by talking about this new book of yours. You know, the books that that we've talked about in the past when you're on the show, and you you were my guest almost half the number of guests that I've had, you were on the show. For those listeners that want to look back, you'll find his show. He was guest number 782 back on May 31st in 2017. You can find all my guests on the Cars yeah website. Now, you're guest number 1,457. Oh my gosh, that's... I don't even believe that number sometimes when I think about it. But this new book, I want you to talk about it because it's pretty cool. It's a culmination of your stories. And I know you call it kind of a picture book, but there's there's words in there too. It's titled 100 Dream Cars, The Best of My Ride. What inspired you to come out with this book, kind of a compilation of, of your history, if you will? The story is kind of fun. I was in my office. I was living in Chicago at the time, and I was finishing this book called The Arsenal of Democracy, which is essentially about how Detroit car, car companies won World War II. And I yeah. think that's what I talked about in our last Yes, um, great visit. book. Great book. Oh, thank Love you. It. Thank you. So I was stressed out trying to figure it out. But also, you know, it's not easy making a living and supporting a family as a freelance writer. So you remember these moments really? when things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah. So my phone rang. And there was this editor from the Wall Street Journal who I'd worked with because I used to write about motorsport for the Wall Street Journal. But I, I, I stopped doing that. And this guy, this editor remembered me and he called me up and he's like, I got an idea. And this is all in the introduction of the book. He's like, I got an idea. We want someone to write a weekly column about people who own cool cars. And I'm thinking like, when I hung the phone, I was like, well, that's kind of a stupid idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's... So there's people who own cool cars. Who cares? There's people everywhere. But then I got to thinking about it. And then I realized that it could be something really cool because people who love cars that have cars that they own, there's always a story. It's not just like, I love my Toyota or I love my Subaru. There's a reason. There's a human story behind the connection. And that's what the column is about. So the column every week comes out on Tuesday online. It's in the Wall Street Journal and the paper on Wednesday. It's about a person who has a car story. And there's really two elements. One is like the car is important for a reason. There's some, it has some historical import and it could be a new car or an old car, but it's interesting for a reason. And then the person's connection to it, their story, that's the other part of it. So it's been like five, six years and we dispatch photographers all over the world to shoot every column has fresh original photography. So I thought we should do a collection of this book and it should be like a big coffee table book. Now Rizzoli is like the most respected coffee table book publisher in the world. So I got them on board. I was excited they wanted to do it. And so these are a hundred columns. It's pretty much it's big photography and the photography, the photographers I've been blessed to work with are amazing. And they, the stories take place in all kinds of different places in the world, and all the cars are very different, new and old. So that's it. You know, this is pretty cool. Um, 
let's do this. Tell me a couple stories, and you can break them down, obviously, because of for brevity for our time slot here. But tell me a couple. I, I won't say your favorites because it's like people saying, "Who's your favorite guest on Cars?" Yeah, well, it's AJ Bam, of course. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow it might be somebody different. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, but uh, tell me or tell our listeners here maybe a couple really outlandish, crazy things that you learned in writing the best of my ride. You know what I can do? This is. I'll, let me answer the question this way. My favorite thing to do with this book, as opposed to other books that I've written, you begin in, at the beginning and then you read the book and then you get to the end. This book, it's fun. You just open it up to any page and and it's a cool story. So I just opened the book up to page whatever, 127. And here's this beautiful picture of this guy in a 1940 Packard. His name is Nelson Bates. Long, he's from Longview, Texas. And his story is about why the 1940 Packard is a really important car. But he also has this amazing story about how this car originally belonged to his grandfather. And he could remember being really young kid sitting in the car listening to the radio when he learned that this atomic bomb had gone off in Japan. And oh, what was this atomic bomb? And so that's his connection. He has this connection to this car because he remembers sitting in the back seat, hearing about that on the radio. You can turn the page, right? And like, okay, so here's a guy, here's a physicist. He's a nuclear physicist, lives in North Carolina. And he has this crazy story about a BMW 2002. Now, the 2002, car, car fans, all your guests, they know that's a super amazing car. It's very important in the history of, of cars. But this guy's got an incredible story about his, which happens to be orange. And then, you know, you can flip it over here. And But some of them are my, my, like my favorite stories. Like there's land speed racing stories about this woman who busted a land speed record in her Air Maki Harley Davidson. And here's a guy, you know, those uh, winglets on Boeing aircraft. If you're sitting in a Boeing aircraft and you look at, and there's a wing and there's like a little thing that turns up on the end. Flips up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy invented that and he became Whoa. fabulously wealthy. And when he was a kid, he drove his dad's Aston Martin and got a huge speeding ticket. And ever since then, he was crazy for Aston Martin. And now suddenly he's in his late fifties, early sixties, and he's fabulously wealthy. So he buys a Vulcan and a 177. These well, 177, they made 77 of them, and they're insanely beautiful. They look like Batmobiles, and they do 220 miles per hour. So that's, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's the fun. You turn it to any page, and there's a cool story. You know, this is, is cool, and it's right near my heart because one of the questions, as you'll recall when you are on the show before, is I asked my guests about a car, the most important car in their life, or the first car in their life that had great importance and share a, a story about that car. So. Uh, in essence, I've kind of recorded audio versions of what you've done of these great stories. What's interesting to me is many times it's not the first car that they got that they finally saved up and bought what they really want. It was their first car. And most people's first cars aren't that special. Uh, you know, they're kind of old and crusty, but the fact that they got that freedom and that's what the car means. I think to many people in their lives is freedom to go out and do things. For me, it was, Hey, I can take my buddies to the beach and go surfing and I didn't have to borrow my mom's wagon anymore or beg here for a ride or so forth. So very, very cool. And the, the book's available now, correct? Oh, yeah. It came out in September. And uh, yeah. so it's available on Amazon or anywhere people buy books. But you know, you said something really brilliant. And one of the things I want to stress is that there's no boundaries to the relationships that people can have 
with their vehicles. And a bunch of the stories in this book that, that I think my favorite are actually the tear jerkers because you get to these stories where, okay, here's a woman who had a Model T with her husband and it was her husband's favorite thing. And they went around the country to Model T meets. And one day they're traveling down to Florida to this Model T event and he died unexpectedly. And she was devastated. And this Model T sat in her garage for 10 years. And finally, her son's like, look, mom, you know, we're going to fix this car and we're going to do all the things that you did before. And this huge community rallied around her. They taught her how to take care of the car. They taught her how to restore the car. They had to teach her how to drive it, how to put it on a truck. And her whole life changed. You know, and it is true. And I hear this over and over from my guests is really the cars, the vehicles aren't the important thing. It's they are the catalyst that bring people together and remind us of things in our lives. My car hobby started with my dad's 49 MGTC, and I was a little boy, four or five years old, and I'll never, I still remember riding that car, the sounds and noises. I mean, he had to crank it to start it half the time. And I remember going to the front going, what are you doing up there? And, you know, getting in the car and looking at that dash, which in his car was a kind of a custom-made engine-turned aluminum and looking at all those circles and those Jaeger gauges. And I just, I I just, I think about it now and I go back there and the smells of the open car and that low cut door where I could feel like a big, big boy because the door was so low cut that I could put my arm on the door like my dad, you know, could for the daily driver. So yeah, cars are, uh, they're amazing stories. I'll encourage my listeners. I'll put links on AJ's show notes page. You can go get yourself a copy of this book. Uh, buy one or two. Get them, give them away as gifts for your friends because uh, this is the kind of book that any car guy, car gal would love to have on their shelf. And again, it's a great book where you can just flip and read a story or two and come back to it. So bravo for what you've done. I think this is pretty cool. You know, now I always ask my guests about a big challenge or a big failure they've faced in their life. And I want to ask you that as well. But of course, the most important thing about this is what was the lesson learned? so that you could take it forward. And again, being in the new year here, I encourage everybody listening. In fact, I will, I'll give everybody a challenge here listening today. I encourage everyone in 2020 to try to fail. And that may sound a little funny to most people, but you know what? If you try to fail, that means you're doing something you've never done before. Go out there and do something you've never done before. Let's go back into your life, AJ. What's something that you tried you'd never done before that you kind of fell on your face, but what was the learning lesson from that experience? It's interesting. This, this is, I want to tell one story now that probably will kind of answer your question, but it's not so much about me facing something. It's about my son because it's something that we're doing in my house right now. And it's something that anybody who is of a certain age who has ever had a kid before, and even if not, even if you're not, you can identify because you would have experienced this yourself. But learning to drive is it can be a terrifying thing. And it's really terrifying for a parent to sit in a front seat and try to teach a kid to drive. And the thing Mm -hmm. about failing when you're learning to drive is the consequences can be really bad, you know? Yes, uh uh-huh, sure. And so as a parent, I'm just finding it's way harder to learn as a parent. I mean, and from both people in the car, I find it so difficult to not reach over and do things for him. And, you know, he's done a couple of things that are just so stupid, like launch into an intersection without looking to his left into like directly into moving traffic and nearly killing, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's terrifying. But the thing that I'm learning that I'm trying to do 
is to be patient and to allow him to drive, to allow him to drive at night and trust that the failures he's going to make are not going to be the really bad kind, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, It's a tough thing to sit in that right seat. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Man, it's so hard. I I never anticipated that it would be so hard. And I remember when I was learning to drive and I screwed up and I got parking tickets and I got pulled over with an open beer in the car and got in trouble. You know, my dad was a lawman. He was furious. Oh, yeah. No kidding. But he was... um. You know, I had to learn. I had, he had, he let me go when I went to him. I'm like, Dad, I'm gonna, you know, spring break in my senior year in high school. I'm gonna. I bought this new car with my own money, and I'm gonna drive to North Carolina to see a Grateful Dead concert. And he's just like, That's a, no way. But he let me yeah. go. <laughs> he let me go. And my failures were minor failures. You know, they weren't the big kind. But I learned from them. I learned by getting a speeding ticket. Once you get a speeding ticket, you think, oh, it's a speeding ticket, especially when yep. you're young and you don't have money. You don't want that to happen again. No, no, not exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, I remember that. You know, you're sitting over there and they go around a corner and you're like, you're going to hit the curb. What are you doing? You know, like, huh? No spatial identity of where the corners of the cars are or anything. i tell you what I did is I required my kids' first cars to be stick shifts, manuals. That's so a great that- idea. And it, in hindsight, they hate my daughter, especially. My son didn't mind it too much. My daughter didn't like it. Uh, I taught both my kids to drive in a 1972 911 S Porsche. Um, wow. I, I, I did it more for myself because I wanted them to always say, that's the car I learned how to drive in. Because <laughs> that's what I wish I could have said. But, uh, but I didn't. Um, you know, I learned it at high school with the uh, football coach and two other people in the back seat and in some goofy car that he had. Um, I don't even remember driving my parents' car ever until I got my license. You know, I spent a whole year with my kids driving, letting them drive to school every morning. And then my wife would pick them up and let them drive home. I mean, they both logged in about 3,000 miles before they even got their license. But I had nowhere near that kind of experience. I mean, I just I just remember buying this old car and just taking off and had no idea what I was doing. I don't know how my parents put up with that. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to talk more about cars in a minute. Let's take a short break and say thank you to a couple more of our sponsors. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, we are back. Um, I'd love for you to share a little story with us here about your passion for cars. Uh, you obviously have written about cars for a long, long time. You love cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you were a young man when you knew you were a car guy? Yeah, you know what it was? 
uh, well, I mean, this is a cliche, but it was when I got my first car and it was a $200 Toyota. It only ran for a year and a half. And um, just the sense of freedom that it gave me. And it, it also really cemented my love for music because the car cost 200 bucks and the stereo cost 200 bucks, which at the time it was a beautiful stereo system. And it was the cassette era. And so first thing I did was I went and got myself a job delivering flowers for a local florist because all I wanted to do is sit in my car and listen to music. And I'll never nice. forget it. I was really into Neil Young at the time. I mean, it was, you know, this is 1980, whatever it was, 88. But um, I'll never just forget that sense of freedom that it gave me. And it just like opened up the world to me. I was just so excited to do all kinds of fun stuff. Now, after that car, since that wasn't probably a very special car, was there a car you landed, you got for yourself that was really cool, something you really wish you could, that you could get and you got it? People ask me that all the time because I write about cars and I have been for so long. And the funny, the answer is no. I had no. And I, um, there's two reasons for it. One is um, for many years as a car journalist, I would drive fleet cars. So if people don't know what that means, I'll give you an example. I have a BMW M8 going to be delivered to my house on Friday. And the following Friday, they're going to pick that up and give me a, the new Subaru Outback Touring model. And after that, they're going to pick it up and I'm going to be driving a couple AMGs. That's the best nice. part of being a car yeah. journalist. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. But I gotta get one of those gigs. Of that, <laughs> yeah, you know, you should, and you can. I'm sure you can. But in large part because of that, I've never um, went out and bought a car of my own because I feel like whatever I buy is going to pale in comparison. You know what I mean? And plus, it's expensive. It's an expensive hobby. Yeah, no, I think you're better off driving other people's cars, and you get to drive so many cool cars. I've had a lot of guests on my show that get that same kind of deal, and they get really cool cars delivered to them all the time, and they're posting things about them. Yeah, I got to sign up for that deal. I'm out there in front of a lot of people, and maybe uh, maybe I can sign up for one of those deals. You can help me do that. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, AJ. I'm going to get into your mind a little bit here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, you were actually manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself identified as a vehicle, what would AJ Bain be and why? That's a really interesting question. I can't remember if you asked me that the last time while I was on your show, and I worried that if you did, I would have answered it the same way. So, mo <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it's, that is such a brilliant question. Because if I were to say, well, I'm a, you know, I'm Porsche 917, it would be like, wow, AJ Bain thinks highly of himself. He thinks pretty highly of himself, yeah. But the truth is, like, I, I drive, I'm driving right now this beautiful new Subaru Crosstrek, right? And my mother always jokes about how it is the perfect car for me, how my, my personality is so much like it. And I think that's right because, you know, it's not particular. You don't pick it out of the crowd and be like, wow, that is handsome. That's, that's not me. I'm not the guy who stands out as the most beautiful. <laughs> oh, come on. You're a handsome looking guy. Oh, I thank you. But I liked it. it. What I love about that car is always performs what it's supposed to do. It's a car that meets its obligations. And I feel like as a family man and as a, like a writer person, I've made that my goal. Like I get out of bed every day and no matter if I'm sick or it's raining, I got a deadline. I have bills to pay. My editors like me. I never miss deadlines. I'm always on time. I never break down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Reliable. Trustworthy. Yeah. yeah there you go. Exactly. Yeah. There you what go. About well, you? Okay. How about uh, you? Oh, what? oh gosh. You're going to reverse the mic on me here a little bit. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, okay. I'll let you do that. For me, it's got to be a Porsche 911. And it wouldn't be a brand new one. And the reason for that is 
I, I just, I've identified with those cars my entire life. Every, all my listeners, I'm a Porsche guy. But the 911 to me is one of those things. And I'm like you, I believe in a sense. I just, persistent. I just, I mean, nobody could produce 1,457 <laughs> podcasts after five and a half years and just keep doing it and never miss a show. Um, because, and, and the Porsche 911 is one of those cars that from the time they came out in 64, 65 to today, They've just been consistent. Now, they've gotten better over the years, and I hope I've gotten better over the years, uh, improved in the different things I've learned and carried those thoughts and those improvements forward. Uh, but they're just kind of consistent, and and they're a little bit different in the sense when you think about it, a car with a rear engine, and they've been able to keep the engine in the rear all these years. I mean, they just keep figuring out how to kind of stay the same but be better. And I, I try to be like that. I try to always improve, try to be a little bit better. Um, so I, I'd say a Porsche 911 uh, for me. So I guess I answered it kind of the same the way you did. Uh, you just get up, do your job every day, work hard, uh, get it done, uh, but try to do it with a little bit of fun, a little bit of flair. Yeah. And Porsches, you know, even, well, and even Porsches, even the GT3s, the RSs, I mean, they're not super flashy when you compare them to Lamborghinis, Ferraris, you know. All these supercars that you see that are just super crazy looking. I mean, the Porsche 911 is just kind of there. You know, it, it doesn't really flash off or anything. It just kind of does its job and it, it does it as well as it can. So, uh, did I answer that okay? <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I hope so. I hope so. Well, we are ending what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a bunch of questions here and have you, uh, do some blips of that Subaru throttle here. So here we go. Uh, what's a personal habit that you, you kind of alluded to one here, personal habit that you believe has helped you be successful as a rider? Uh, skiing. I'm skiing every day next week. And I can give you a real, the, the reason why is it's one of those things that forces you to be in the moment and enjoy the moment. If you're not in the moment, you're going to break your neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Focus. Yeah. Focus is like riding a motorcycle or racing. You've got to, you, you can. I haven't skied in a long time. I need to go ski again. I skied for decades. I mean, I was a big skier. I lived in San Diego. We drive all the way up to Mammoth Mountain and ski on weekends. I've skied Tahoe. Do you? Where do you like to ski? You're in California, so I'm guessing Tahoe. I, yeah. yeah, I live near Tahoe. Yeah. Oh, and they're getting some good snow this year too. So that's right. Uh, sounds like fun. Yeah, I got to get better out there. You know, a ski resort I loved uh, skiing there was um, Kirkwood. I'll be at Kirkwood on Thursday and Friday, yeah. Kirkwood, yeah. I got introduced to Kirkwood by a good friend of mine in high school whose dad had a wonderful Porsche 911, uh, Kurt Itner and uh, Chris Itner, the brothers. Um, And Chris was in my grade, and he was a guy that loved to ski. Um, He was a really good skier, and I always learned a lot from him, and he's the first guy that ever took me to. We were going to go to Mammoth. He goes, let's just keep driving. Let's go to Kirkwood. I think you'll love this place. Uh, cause it's a couple hours further up the road there. So, uh, I'm jealous. Well, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Enzo Ferrari. Easy, easy one. And I, I I'm, I'm going to ask this. It might sound silly, but why Enzo? Uh, you know, just because everything that came out of that guy's mouth was fascinating, controversial, bizarre. Um, just that, you know, he was a quote machine. He he spoke like it's hard to put into words because he did it so well. But I just love you read his biography, his autobiography, or you just pluck any quote that that he said, 
And you'd, and you'd think to yourself, did that guy really just say that, you know? Did that just come out yeah. of his mouth? Yes, it did. Yeah, interesting guy. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish I could watch more uh, audio-video clips of him speaking. I don't know that I've ever even seen or listened to one. Well, you need, they're, they're up there on YouTube. You can listen to them on YouTube. The funny thing is they're all in Italian, of course, but them, you know, there'll be subtitles, but you know, it's very sing-song. The, the language itself, the cadence, it's beautiful. Cool. How about the best automotive advice anyone's ever given you? Avoid computers. Now, how does that relate to cars? <laughs> well, just like, you know, in the old days, if your car broke, you could fix it. If you were in a jam yeah. in a mountain road and the sun was going down and yeah. you had to figure, figure out what was wrong, you, you could, pro, you know, there's a good chance you could figure it out. Now, not so much. Yeah, it's tough. Although I tell you, I have a, a nephew who works for Tesla. He loves working for them. And he fixes a lot of people's cars uh, over the phone on a computer. Uh, he can really? reflash things. Yeah. He said uh, people will call in and go, hey, I've got a problem. I'm here. Um, they'll log in, he'll reflash stuff, get them going again. I think that's what's coming for all of us. Uh, yeah, is that, that bit, but I get you cars. I, in fact, I was at an opening at a local Porsche dealer for the new 911. You open up the engine lid in the back. You can't even see the engine. It's like, yeah. where is it? It's just a big piece of plastic with a couple fans. Like, well, exactly like because the, you're not supposed to touch it. No, no. And I, you don't want me touching it either. I, I'm the wrong guy for that. How about a, a resource or a tip? Is there a, a great resource, a go-to for you. We talk about the internet today being so incredible for information. Uh, is there a website you like or maybe an app you use all the time, a supplier, even a person in your life? Well, you know, this is, this is not a good answer to your question, but the internet is, is something that's truly fascinating because uh, for, uh, that, was a, that was the biggest cliche that ever came out of my mouth. But let me put it to you wow. this way. I've been writing a Wall Street Journal column every week for all of these years, for like, what is it? It's like seven years now, over seven yeah. years every week. Wow. And I've wow. only had to print one correction in seven years. And the thing is, it's tricky because I'm, I don't mean to be insulting to car people because I love them all, but they can, they sometimes, they, the car people can be know-it-alls because you can say, well, this car was built in, you know, whatever in June, 1963. And, they'll, and they'll, someone's going to come out of the woodwork and say, actually, it was April. And they're right. You know, you have to be so careful. And the internet is fascinating because there's so many different places that you can explore to get information, to make sure that what you're saying about a car is really bulletproof factual, whether it's an internet database of old newspaper articles or uh, old magazines that you can access or, you know, there's all sorts of ways to do it, foundations that you can find who have experts who you can call. So because it's so it's so important in the car world to be factual, you know, because it's important to people that they that that's what they're going to read something. They want to know it's true. Right. Yeah. And car people will sniff out falsities really, really quickly. And every once in a while, I'll say something goofy on the show and I'll get an email. Hey, Mark, on today's show, you said that's completely wrong. Like, you're right. I apologize. Uh, I was think I'm always thinking ahead to the next question, and sometimes I need to stop and think about what I'm saying when I'm saying it. So that's a good lesson for me. I agree with you. Here's just like one example of how tricky it can be. I was writing yesterday. Yesterday's it's in the paper today. Um, this woman, it's uh, it's the hundredth anniversary of the Bentley brand, and this woman uh, was in my column talking about her 1953 Bentley, and she had learned that the automatic transmission in her car was used as a test bed for the automatic transmission that was going to go into a new Rolls Royce for Queen Elizabeth II, who had just inherited the throne. So we had printed in there that she, uh, that Queen Elizabeth had just been crowned. And in fact, 
That wasn't true. Amazingly, you know, when someone inherits the throne and when they're crowned is not the same thing. I didn't know that. So she had inherited the throne. Actually, what happened in 52, but she wasn't crowned until June 2nd, 53. And I wouldn't have known that unless I typed it into the Internet in 14 different ways to find out, you know, you have to anticipate, always anticipate the fact that you're wrong before you think you're right. You know, it'd be nice if a lot more people did that when they post stuff on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, yeah, yeah, all our politicians coming at us from all directions. Well, yeah, Yeah. I don't even want to think about all our politicians. I think they've all gone insane. How about, I always ask my guests this question, but the answer today is your favorite book or a book you think our listeners should enjoy. And I've got to say, Listeners, you got to get your hands on 100 Dream Cars, The Best of My Ride by A.J. Bame. Again, I'll put a link to that on his show notes page. You can go to Amazon and find it as well. Uh, it's all over the place. Get yourself this book to start the new year. You're going to be very, very happy. All right, A.J., I asked you this question last time you were on the show. I'm going to see if you answer the same way. Since it's the new year, I'm going to buy you a cool collector car. Any car you want in the world to park in your garage. Something fun, a toy, but there are some rules to my game. Since I'm writing the check, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars or toys with. You got to keep it. You got to drive it. No garage queens. And it's the only one cool car you can have in your garage. So you need to choose very wisely. I remember what you picked last time. I don't know if you do, but how would you answer that question today? Was it a Lotus Elise, like the 2006 little tiny thing with the Toyota engine in it? It wasn't? No. Was Uh -uh. Was it a Ferrari? No, it was. Was it a GT40? It was Ken Miles' GT40 that he drove in 1966. So is there a different car since we're into a new decade now? Well, you know what? Before I get there, in in my Wall Street Journal column two weeks ago, because of the Ford Ferrari movie, I actually found the guy who owns and restored. His name is Rob Kaufman. That but yeah, you know, I love the Lotus. It's the Elise. It's like the 2006 model around there. It's little tiny thing. Like Alfa Romeo tried to sort of copy it when they when they came out with their little Roadster a few years back. Yeah, eight, seven, I think years. they just took the same car and put an Alfa badge on the front. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about, right? No power steering. Yeah. It's, yep. it's like the best handling car in the world. Yeah, yeah. They're they're fun. I mean, they're like driving a go-kart on the street. Exactly. And about two the feet car, off the ground. Yeah, you kind of wear the car. You got to climb down into that thing. It's not easy to get out of, uh, but it's wonderful. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever driven the original old Lotus Elite, the old fiberglass, all one body and monocoque basically car from the 60s? No, but I saw one for sale recently and it kind of made me drool. But then I said to myself, like, it's, you know, buying a, a car like that and then actually having the money to get it on the road. Just, I'm not quite there yet. I got to sell a few more books, Mark. Well, the key here, and I'll, I'll give you this lesson from many of my very wise past guests, is you buy one somebody else has already restored. You never buy a car to restore unless you have a whole lot of money and a lot of patience. So, uh, yeah, we'll find you an old Lotus Elise. But in the meantime, we'll get you a 2006 model, something that's fun and operates well, but is a little bit, uh, a little bit more analogish, I guess. Maybe we could say that. I don't know, but, uh, nice choice, my friend. Although I think that GT40, that Ken Miles car, that's a little cooler. But uh, yeah. maybe you've matured yeah. a bit over the, the last couple of years since you were last here on Cars. Yeah. What's the best way for people to follow you? Are you active out there in some way where people can keep an eye on you? Is it through the Wall Street Journal? Well, my ride, M-Y-R-I-D-E at WSJ.com. 
That's the address. If people have an amazing story, and if you have a cool old card, don't write in. But if you really have a story that's surprising, the stories have to be surprising for some reason, you know? Um, Send it in. Send me a picture. Tell me your story. I'd love to hear it. There you go. My ride at WSJ.com. AJ, Happy New Year to you. Thank you for coming back on the show. I'm very excited about this new book. I'm so happy to share it on this New Year's Day with all our listeners. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your life's experiences again with us here on Cars. Yeah. And for all you listeners out there, set yourself some really lofty goals this year. Get out there and try some things you've never done before. Do not be afraid to fail. It just means you tried, but I have a feeling you're going to get it done. Until you and I talk again, AJ, I'll see you down the road, and Happy New Year to you as well. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. Good luck, everybody. It's going to be an awesome year. I know it. Absolutely. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!